Hi, I'm Mike Hawkins. Thank you for joining me for the Equip Up broadcast. We're training people in the Word of God to take them to the next level so that they can do what God has called them to do. Now come with me and get in on this teaching. We're going to talk about how you can be led by the Spirit of God. And so what we are doing is equipping believers to go out and fulfill the call of God on their lives, equipped with the Word of God, with a better understanding of many of these subjects that we'll be doing. So if you're ready to go, let's just get right into this. We're going to talk about how you can be led by the Spirit of God. I want to read several texts to you. Uh, John chapter 7, verse 37 through 39. It says, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. For he who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Then in John 15, verse 16, I'm going to read the uh, English Standard Version. It says, But when the Helper comes, who I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. Then uh, John 16, 13 through 15, uh, the same translation, English Standard Version, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Then he says, All that the Father has is mine, therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So we're beginning to see just a little bit about the operation of the Holy Spirit, but let's look at a, a few more verses. Uh, John fourteen twenty six, he says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. So we're going to be talking about uh, how you can be led by the Spirit of God. There's numerous verses. If you've got uh, something to write with or something to take notes with, maybe you have an iPad or phone or something, take notes, write these scriptures down because you're going to want to go back over these and just study this and meditate on this. This is a subject uh, that I've been really studying, looking at, listening to, uh, and then I've been preaching it for many, many years, uh, probably since uh, 1985, uh, since 1982. Uh, I've been reading these scriptures and, and seeing what the Word of God has to say. And if we have a good foundation of how we can be led by the Spirit of God, and especially, uh, you know, so many people today uh, make these comments about, you know, well, I just, if God's saying anything to me, I don't know it. Well, if we have the Word here, we can get a clear understanding of what's going on, how God does it, and what we should expect. Uh, Romans 8.14, key verse, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Sons of God should be led by the Spirit of God. But all are not being led by the Spirit of God um, consciously. Sometimes people are doing things, God uh, inspires them, and they don't even realize it's Him, and they do it, and that's, that's great. 
But let's take this to another level. Uh, Romans 8, 16 says, The Spirit Himself, I know the King James uh, says itself, the Holy Spirit obviously is not an it. Uh, Third person of the Godhead, divine personality. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Then Proverbs twenty twenty seven. write these down. Uh, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. This verse is very clear in showing us that it's the spirit of man that God will use to enlighten you. Then in uh, Psalms, the 18th Psalm, verse 28 Uh, He says, for you will light my candle, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. So again, he's saying God will bring illumination, God will bring revelation, God will guide me uh, by his spirit. Then I love this verse, Jeremiah 33.3, this is the New American Standard. Uh, It says, call unto me and I will answer you and I will let you No, and I will tell you many great things that you do not know. Now, you know, a lot of times over the years, I've run into people that say, well, God's just not talking to me. He's not saying anything to me. I prayed and I didn't I didn't get anything. God's not not communicating with me. And again, uh, if you look at this verse, we know God doesn't lie. Numbers 23, 19, he said, I'm not a man that I should lie, neither the son of man that I should repent. Have I not said it? Shall I not do it? Have I not spoken it? And shall I not make it good? So if God's not one to lie, and we know he doesn't, he said, you call to me and I'll answer you. He said, I'll tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. So right there he tells us I will answer you so when people say well God doesn't always answer well they're just totally wrong because God says he does and I'm just more inclined to take God's word for it than some human being that's trying to tell me about their experience you know uh, I believe this verse completely does away with this religious nonsense again that people are saying God doesn't always answer you you know uh some people get real technical and nerdy about this and they'll say, well, he said he didn't answer, but he didn't say when he'd do it. Well, uh, if you came to me and you said, hey, um, I understand you're going to be speaking at a meeting next Saturday night. I want to go. What time is the meeting? And then I didn't say anything. You'd think, you know, maybe he's in thought or something. Maybe I just kind of caught him at a moment and he, he didn't hear what I said. So you repeat it again. Say, hey, I... I heard you're going to be speaking next Saturday night, and I'd like to come. What time is the meeting? And if I didn't answer, you'd wonder, what in the world's going on? So you might attempt it maybe a third time and say, hey, I heard you were speaking next Saturday night. I'd like to come to the meeting. What time is the meeting? And if I just didn't say a word, you would walk away saying, that guy, I asked him what time the meeting was three times, and he said nothing. He's just rude. But you'll have people that will say, well, God in his great wisdom didn't answer you. That's just religious foolishness. That, that's, that's the human mind trying to come up with some clever answer 
as to why they didn't get an answer to prayer. They think God didn't speak, and so they're telling other people that. And this stuff has been taught from the pulpits of churches. It's wrong. It's just straight wrong. God said, I'll answer you. God's not, uh, you know, if I'm rude, not answering you when you speak to me, God is not spiritual doing the same thing. (laughs) Makes sense, doesn't it? It's the greatest importance that we learn how to be led by the Spirit of God. We need to know the makeup of man. We need to know how God leads us. And we need to know what does the Scripture say. And everything that we're going to believe, our belief should be based on the Word of God. If I don't have the Word of God for it, I cannot go by people's experience. I thank God for good experiences that are in line with the Word. I can learn from that. I can glean from that. That can help me. But I am not going to base my uh, trust in God or my doctrine and and what I believe about what God does, how He operates in my life, my relationship to Him and Him to me, based on feelings and experience, or based on other people's experiences or the lack of it. I want to base it on the Word. What does the Word of God say? Is there Scripture to, to give me a hands-on something that I can say, okay, I can see this clearly in the Word of God. Now I know what I should expect. This is the way it should be for us. And that's what we're going to do in these sessions. We're just going to go into the Word of God. We're going to find out what the Scriptures have to say about the makeup of man, how God leads us. And we're going to read examples of men of God, people, believers, being led by the Spirit of God. And you're going to see uh, very quickly that... Man, God has absolutely been trying to communicate with me. I just didn't recognize it. And you remember that word, because the key in this is not only just the scripture, but recognition. You need to know how to recognize. In in our lives, every part of our life, every phase, uh, every desire, everything that goes on with us, God wants to be involved in your life. And God wants to lead you by His Spirit. He wants to give you wisdom. He wants to direct you to the Word of God. And He's given us the Holy Spirit to reside with us. Now let's just, uh, let's talk about understanding the makeup of man. Because, you know, as we talk about this subject on how you can be led by the Spirit of God, you know, too many people are just relying on mental capabilities in life Uh, trying to get through the things that they're dealing with and because of it they're making mistakes when they could have had the wisdom of God and so in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 let's just turn and read this it said then God said let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea notice the first part of this he says let us make man in our own image according to our own likeness then in john's gospel chapter 4 verse 24 it says that god is a spirit and they that worship him should worship him in spirit and truth says he must worship him in spirit and truth what does he mean he's talking about worshiping God out of your heart 
he's talking about uh, not, not a head worship, not a mental thing, but he's talking about a heart thing. And we're going to find out later on as we read other scriptures why God even said that, why this is important. Then again, First um, Thessalonians 5, chapter 5, verse 23. The Apostle Paul uh, is praying for the church and he says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in these verses, this particular verse in Thessalonians, he tells us that you're a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. We read in Genesis that, uh, you know, or, or let's just back up here. John chapter 4 said, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. All right, God is a spirit. Then in Genesis, he tells us here, 125, that he made man in his own image, in his own likeness, or like himself. So God took something of himself and made man. Then he tells us... Uh, that we're a three-part being in First Thessalonians 5.23. He says he prays that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless to the coming of the Lord. So we see there's three parts. You know, many people have thought for so long that spirit and soul, when it's used in the scriptures, it's just talking about exactly the same thing, but it's not. And I say, why would you say that? Well, he divides it up right here. But then uh, beyond that, Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God is living and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. So the Bible tells us that the word of God can divide the things that are soulish and the things that are of the spirit of God. It's got the power to make a division and a clear clear viewing of what is soulish and what is spiritual what is of god what's what's just in the soulish realm so if it can be divided by the word of god then they can't be the same there has to be three parts to man and of course we've just read this in this verse here so paul says this makes this comment philippians chapter uh, 1 verse 23 he said i'm hard pressed between the two having a desire to depart and be with christ which is far better nevertheless to remain in the flesh is more needful for you so again we we see here that man is a spirit man the eye he's talking about is that inward man uh, peter calls him the hidden man of the heart and so the real man is the inward man uh, this is we have a body and we have a soulish, our mind, our will, our intellect. But then the spirit of man, again, we read uh, in Proverbs, is the candle of the Lord. Proverbs twenty twenty seven. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. What does he do with it? Well, searching all the inward parts of the belly. In other words, God's going to use your spirit to enlighten you. So already we're, we're seeing something about God working with man. How does he lead him? How does he guide him? Well, he tells us in the Old Testament in two verses of Scripture, in Proverbs and also in the Psalms there, we read earlier um, 
They'll make reference again, 1828, for you will light my candle, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. So he's not talking about God coming up and lighting a wax candle for you. He's talking about God bringing enlightenment to you. And how is he going to do it? Well, he said he'd use your spirit in Proverbs 20, 27. And so then we see that God's a spirit. He made man a spirit. Uh, we have a soul. Um, we have a body. The, the three are three parts. We're a three-part being. And then uh, here we see that the word of God is able to divide or make a distinction between what's soulish and what is spiritual, what is of the flesh and what is of God, what's carnal, what's spiritual. And so that's, that's the value of knowing God's word. But then he also told us, as we read in these scriptures earlier, uh, that when the spirit of truth is come, one, one calls him the guide, you know, in the gospels, in different translations, he's called a guide, he's called a helper, uh, you know, he's got different names, but they, he's definitely one that comes alongside. And Jesus said that the Spirit of God would dwell in us. He said, you know, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. You'll ask what you will, and it shall be done for you. And he tells us that, you know, if we, if we receive eternal life, then he tells that the Father, the Son, they'll come and make their abode or their living on the inside of us. And so uh, it's just throughout God's Word as we can see, Old Testament, New Testament, God's trying to get man to understand that the Holy Spirit is here. He's here to lead the child of God. Uh, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Romans eight fourteen verse 16 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. And then again in, in uh, Corinthians, he says, that Don't you know that your body is the temple of of the living God and the spirit of God dwells in you. And so as we look at that and we think about that, we have to become conscious that we're a spirit being. So many people will quote this verse and they'll say, yeah, um, you know, body, soul, and spirit. No, the order is spirit, soul, and body. And the reason that's important is because you don't want to be so body conscious and so mental, mind, soulish conscious uh, that you're not aware of your spirit. You're not aware that on the inside of you, uh, the King James, I kind of like it, it says your belly, just deep on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit is trying to communicate with you. He's trying to give you direction. He's trying to bring revelation. If you would ask his help when you study the word, he would enlighten you. Uh, many times people have the crisis of life. They have things going on. They don't know what to do. And they just run to anybody and everybody. Uh, but they could have the counselor tell them what to do. The greatest counselor, the Holy Spirit. Jesus told his disciples, he said, I'm going away. But I'm not going to leave you comfortless. He had them as a counselor the whole time those men walked with him. But he said, I'm leaving, and I'm going to, the Holy Spirit, he'll come. And he made it clear to him that he's going to do what I was doing. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to enlighten you. And he said, you won't be comfortless. The Holy Spirit will be sent, and this is what he'll do. He told him in John 16, 13, when the Spirit of truth has come, he'll lead you. He'll guide you in all truth. He'll show you things to come. He'll take the things that are mine. He'll reveal them. He'll show them, demonstrate them to you. And so in this context, we need to understand that believers, Christians, should be led by the Spirit of God. That's what Romans 
8, 14 and 16 is telling us. He says, you know, in verse 16, that the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, let's talk about for just a minute here. Okay, so how does he lead us? Well, again, Romans 14, we'll just look at this. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. So this is something that's supposed to be taking place. He, he didn't just, you know, write this for filler. This was to let us know, look, sons and daughters of God should be led by the Holy Spirit who indwells them. He's not just, you know, tagging along. He's not extra luggage like a suitcase. The Holy Spirit is here to enlighten the eyes of your understanding. Do you remember uh, in Ephesians where Paul prays? It's, I believe it's a, a Holy Ghost prayer given to the church. Ephesians 1.17, he says, I pray that the eyes of your understanding, um, I know that that's a little bit blind to us, the eyes of your understanding. Really, if you study this out in the Greek language, he's talking about the eyes of your heart, of the spirit man. He's saying, I'm praying that your spirit would be enlightened. Uh, another translation says uh, that, I, Paul said, I pray that your heart, your innermost being, would be flooded with revelation light. And that is the job, that's the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Jesus already told us that in John uh, the 16th chapter. And so here... He says, verse uh, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Then in verse 16, he says, the Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit, he'll do it. This is what he'll do. He'll bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, when you get born again, you become a child of God. And that's the number one thing. And don't you know, that's, that's super important to know that you've passed from darkness into light out of the kingdom of satan into the kingdom of god you're no longer in the family of the darkness but you're in the family of light you're a child of the living god and when you ask jesus christ to come into your heart your lord and ask him to be your lord and savior romans 10 9 and 10 tells us that it's with the heart man believes unto righteousness with the mouth the confession is made unto salvation or it results in salvation so when you did that you were just like man i'm i'm a child of god and immediately when you say that because the holy spirit's job is to bear witness with our spirit then he testifies on the inside of you, yes, that's right, you're a child of God because you just received Jesus Christ as Lord. And so I, I just wrote, you know, uh, some things about this inward witness. Uh, this inward witness, I, I've spent years thinking about this and just trying to simplify this and say this as simple as it can be said uh, Maybe someone can say it more simple, but I have been working on this for many, many years uh, because a lot of people get the wrong impression. For instance, you'll hear Christians say, God spoke to me and he said, well, they are thinking about, I, I speak to people, they speak to me, I hear with my ears, and they're trying to hear something. Now remember, the Spirit of God, there's an inward witness. That's the first and foremost way that God leads us. 
is this inward witness because the most important thing in your life is when you become born again and he is testifying. So I wrote it this way. The inward witness in this verse is the Holy Spirit's impression upon your spirit of his agreement that you are a child of God. The Holy Spirit impresses upon your heart. Yes, that's true. There's a sense of agreement. Yes, that's right. By the same token, if you were about to do something, you said you've been praying and and you're trying to get direction and seems like you've got two different things going and no doubt one of them's coming from your mind and and the other one may be coming by the Holy Spirit and you just you're not sure which one and you end up leaning toward the one that's just coming out of your head and you say well Lord I just think you know you're guiding me to do this well the Holy Spirit again is going to bear witness not that he's going to agree that that's right but rather there'll be this impression this sense something on the inside that no no that's not right or uh you know, maybe maybe you're ready to go on a trip somewhere and, and you're thinking, well, let's let's go. You know, we've prayed. We prayed the 91st Psalm. You know, there's no evil thing will befall us. No plague will come near us. And so let's go. And I remember hearing the story about a minister. Uh, after hearing this teaching, Brother Hagen was relating it. He said he came to him and he said, Brother Hagen, uh, he said, you know, after hearing this, I realize that I've been in three serious car accidents, my wife and I, over a 10-year period, and all of them could have been avoided. He said, we were getting ready to go on vacation, and he said, my wife got in the car, I shut the door, and as I walked around the front of the car, something said to me on the inside, something just seemed to say, wait 10 minutes. He said, but I just thought, well, you know, we've, we've prayed the 91st Psalm, we prayed protection, we believe God, we're trusting God got in the car they took off he said they didn't even get out of town a tractor trailer jackknifed just several cars in front of him the cars that were behind him hit it they hit the cars that were in front of them the cars behind them hit them he said uh we just almost died terrible terrible accident and he said three different occasions each time the holy spirit was saying wait don't do this right now. And you know, uh, I say it this way. It's great that we have faith in God's word. We are called to have it in his word. We are called to grow in faith. However, your faith should be in submission to the Holy Spirit. So what do you mean by that? I mean, if you're believing God to go do something and, and you know, the Holy Spirit is dealing with you on the inside saying, just wait or, or don't go that direction. Don't start reasoning it out and saying, well, we've already prayed. And we've asked God to bless us and do this and do that. And we're trusting God and you're quoting all kinds of scriptures. The Holy Spirit's there to say, wait just a minute. And he may be telling you, hold on, don't do that yet just wait and if you like this man you know he realized my gosh god was trying to prevent these accidents i reasoned it away and we like to die three different times in 10 year period now that's pretty serious it would have it would have been so much better if he would have known 
to let the Holy Spirit guide him to to have his faith in God in submission to the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is checking you about buying something and you've already had peace about buying a thing, but maybe you're going to a certain place and the Holy Spirit's checking you, it could be that there's a far better deal somewhere else. It could be that something's coming up and maybe you're going to need those finances. Let's say it's a big item, you know, maybe you're going to spend a couple thousand dollars and and there's something coming up that you would really need that money for, but you don't know it's coming up. And you're about to go purchase this and maybe you've been thinking about it for a couple of years. And all of a sudden you just have this uneasiness, this hesitation, this something that's just like what's the deal? Why am I like that? Well, the Holy Spirit is probably trying to get your attention i know i learned over the years to just stop and say lord why don't i have peace about doing this thing i'm about to do there's been a few times where he said it's because you think this and this and this and it was my thinking that was involved hey thank you for joining us for this broadcast today please invite people and tell them about the channel you're watching equip up on taking it to the next level If you would like to help me reach the nations for Christ, please become a monthly partner through giving at gfmi.us at the online giving link. Thank you.